Welcome to the Interop. Today, my guest is Youssef Amrani. He's the co-founder of Atom Accelerator DAO. And it is a grant-focused DAO for the Cosmos Hub. In today's conversation, we will discuss AA DAO's raison d'être and its mandate. We'll look back on nine months of existence and the impressive work done by the DAO in this short amount of time. We'll also talk about the research and other initiatives AA DAO has funded. We'll discuss Prop 848 and what it means for the future of hub economics. We'll talk about the new funding proposal for AA DAO for 2024 that is currently up on the Cosmos Hub forum for discussion. And we'll talk about the future of the hub in the face of new shiny layer ones and narratives. I'm also dying to find out why he thinks Adam will be in the top five, but not without sweat and tears. So before we get started, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe to get notified when new episodes drop every week. And remember that none of what we discuss here on The Interrupt is investment advice. And if you enjoy this content, please consider staking with us. We're validating on Avmos, Quicksilver, Osmosis, and Juno. Just look for Interrupt in the active set. My guest, Youssef Anmrani, is coming up next, right here on The Interrupt. I'm here with Youssef Amrani. Youssef, hey, thanks for joining me. Hey, Seb, thank you so much for having me. So I've known you for a little while, and you know, you you got involved in Cosmos. Like I think when 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 I first encountered you, I was like, yeah, this guy is just like a, a new guy in Cosmos. He kind of came out of nowhere, um, and uh, and you were. Uh, part of the Adam 2.0 white paper authors. So, you know, I'd love to get your backstory and how you came uh, into crypto and, you know, specifically how you got involved in Cosmos and, you know, with uh, co-authoring the Adam 2.0 white paper. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so crypto, uh, my, my journey in crypto was very uh, traditional, meaning that uh, I started with Bitcoin in 2016, 2017, like a lot of people in the space. Um and then I discovered Ethereum, which, you know, I thought was uh, you could do much more with Ethereum, with smart contract. It opened the design space by orders of magnitude. And that's where I found Cosmos, which if Bitcoin is the first generation, then ETH is the second generation. And I see Cosmos as the third generation. So third generation is in addition to smart contracts, you're also adding uh, on-chain governance and interoperability and i think that those two the combination of those thing those two things gives a very powerful narrative and it also allows for the rise of political economies and even better it's a it's a web of political economies because all those chains that we see in cosmos plus 70 chains right now they are interconnected via ibc uh, they have their own on-chain governance so they can also do cross-chain governance so like the 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 speed uh, the, the the level of iteration that you can do with on-chain governance and interrupt is just mind-boggling and you know the how the community reacts how vibrant the various communities are in cosmos is uh is a beauty and it's something that doesn't make me want to go explore other ecosystem because you have pretty much everything in cosmos yeah, I mean, I, I echo that sentiment. You know, the, I came in the Cosmos and like, yeah, I mean, I first interviewed Jay and Ethan on, on Epicenter in like 2016. And they were first floating around some of these ideas back then. And I remember being at 
uh, a DevCon in in Cancun, and Sunny gave a talk about app chains. And it was like he gave a talk about app chains in like a very small room. It was sort of like something that he had organized like on the side, right? And there's maybe like 20, 25 people there. And it it, it just I, I think that those ideas, the the ideas of app chains and interoperability were the seed for the modular narrative and for modular blockchains, right? Where you want to you want to break things up, uh, whereas previously we had everything on the same chain. Cosmos said, let's break up applications so that they are sovereign. And then we're going to create composability by allowing interoperability with these really strong interoperability primitives. And then what's happening now with, with modular, and I think it's the sort of logic, logical step for blockchains is let's also break apart applications into different layers, into different modular components in the same way that internet infrastructure and a web two application infrastructure has modularized. And it's, it's a sort of like a logical step in software development to specialize uh, every component of the application all the way up to, you know, right now, I think a lot of that modularization is happening at more of the infrastructure layer, but soon we'll see all, also that modularization happening at the application layer. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really cool to see like this, these, this, this vision really playing out and these ideas now, you know, being adopted in cause in, 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 uh, in Ethereum and, 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 and like basically every, every blockchain ecosystem, um, you know, how did you get involved with the the white paper, like the Adam 2.0 white paper? And uh, I guess, you know, what are the what are the big lessons that, you know, you took away from that from that whole uh, that yeah. whole episode? Yeah. So so first, I, before talking about Atom 2.0, I want to emphasize why I was so vocal about Atom, even, you know, months before, even a year before we started Atom 2.0 was that I like the, the belief that I have it's that I had back then. And I still do have this belief. It's a core belief that if you want Cosmos, any, any successful ecosystem, if you want that ecosystem to be successful, you need the native token to be strong. Uh, that's the case with it. That's the case with Solana. That's the case with Avalanche. It's the case with all those ecosystem. You cannot have it. Otherwise. So I understand the ethos of cosmos which is uh strong decentralization uh doesn't necessarily lead uh need a strong token but at the same time if you if you have an ecosystem without a leader that becomes uh potentially the source of trouble because people when they ask about something when they ask about an ecosystem they want to understand what is the underlying asset what is what does it do right and so that's i we just went from there and i still think today that we have huge missed opportunities at the cosmos level i'm not talking about the cosmos hub at the cosmos level because atom uh was not able uh to reinvent itself so that's where i started from uh, so how I got involved with Atom 2.0 is I was just very vocal about Atom and explaining that we needed to fix it. Uh, and I started working on a small initiative on myself, uh, gathering people um, to uh, do working group. And that's how to fix Atom tokenomics via on-chain governance after proper research. And that's where I met with Zaki, uh, who was doing the same thing on his own. And then we said, you know what, why don't we just join forces uh, and, uh, you know, build that working group. And that's how uh, I ended up working on, on the white paper. So on the white paper, 
you know, it caused a lot of trauma. Uh, it fractured the community. Uh, some of the reasons are there behind why we started AADAO was that trauma, that, uh, that deep fracture that happened uh, that can be seen as uh, a curse of on-chain governance. But on-chain governance, governance, once again, is, you know, double-faced. So it, it can be a blessing if you know how to use it. It is a superpower, but for the best and for the worst. And so on Atom 2.0, it was back then we said for the worse. But if you look at what came after, uh, a lot of things started to get together to all the pieces started to get together right after Atom 2.0, but on, after, uh, on Atom 2.0. So I think that the vision uh, was spot on. Uh, if you look right now at everything that is happening was somehow predicted in the white paper. So shared security, obviously, liquid staking, uh, that is made now uh, a big success, a very promising narrative, which tried Quicksilver uh, persistence. I think that the Cosmos has been uh, one of the pioneer in liquid staking, much more flexibility. If you look at the liquid staking module by Eclusion and Zaki, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so I think that the, the direction was right. Uh, wanting to position Atom as uh, the interchain money, I think also was the right guess. Um, now, what didn't go well, I would say, was mostly the methodology and how we tried to do things. And, you know, I'll, I'll cover a bit more when we start talking about AADAO and the new uh, research uh, from Blockworks, uh, Binary and, uh, and RMIT. But I think that the approach where we you know did it in uh between closed doors when you know we we i don't want to say kept it secret we, it was just part of the process where we did some work and we were super excited about it and we really thought that the proposal would pass uh and now it, it seems it was not the right way to do it and i understand so uh, doing it between closed doors, uh, not in an open fashion, uh, I think was we didn't do it taking into consideration the fact that Atom was one of the most decentralized, if not the most decentralized layer, layer one in the entire crypto space. And as such, uh, there are just things that you cannot do. And, you know, there was so much excitement around Atom 2.0 and nothing was nothing happened for years. So when we came up with that white paper, we thought like there is zero chance that this thing is not gonna pass, right? Zero chance because nothing happened for two years and people were expecting something. Uh, people were yeah. fantasizing on this. Uh, and so, and then the, the, the second mistake that we did was that we, we didn't slice anything. We tried to, it was like all or nothing a massive yeah. white paper of 25, 30 pages, very complex to understand because it was quite a sophisticated document, no summary. Uh, and I think that th we should have sliced that paper in multiple parts and just do it piece by piece on the governance side. And I think that we would have likely uh, 
had better outcomes. And then there is the the, the minting uh, also that was a big a big problem uh, because you know if you want to mint to mint fifty million dollars in 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 you know in a few years without having uh, the governance infrastructure to make sure that you have accountability in place, DAOs in place, etc., was maybe a bit too ambitious and a bit premature. But again, it was a signaling proposal. There was no code commit. There was no funding committed. Uh, but yeah, the, the rest is history, basically. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into 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 this too much here because you know we've covered this extensively in the podcast. I just wanted to hear it from you and understand if there was anything you know sort of uh, any new information here. But it, it seems like um, you know the lessons that you've learned or that you've expressed here uh, are the same that I you know that I've talked here on the podcast you know quite a few times, like you know breaking things up, doing things and doing things in public, and you know those lessons I think have have been applied to. In a lot of ways, to to how AA DAO operates and the research that's being done there. So yeah, maybe like let's let's shift gears to AA DAO. Like, what is this organization? I, I you know, and what is this mandate? And um, and I think more importantly, and this is something that I think a lot of people will find interesting, is that you know it is in fact a DAO, and you guys have set up the legal structure in a way that um, it can be uh, it, it is governed by uh, by by a DAO. So I'm curious, like also, if you could get into into the details about the legal structure and how you've managed to sort of effectively DAOify a, a, a proper legal structure. Yeah, so on on the legal structure, we are actually about to set it up. It's it's eighty percent done, and why it took so much time was because our we started doing thinking about our scope for the second year, and it kept changing. And because the scope was changing, so does the requirements for the legal structure. Uh, so now all the legal documents are, are ready. We just need to do some some proofreading, but it's going to be uh, a structure in uh, the Guernsey uh, jurisdiction. Uh, we're going to use uh, a professional trustee uh, that is uh, mitigating uh, our legal risk, that is providing a legal shield to uh, all the members of the DAO. So all the members will be hosted on uh, and protected by by this uh, legal structure and the professional trustee is basically asking, uh, acting as a last, as a first uh, step, as a first filter that protects uh, all the all the members. I think that DAOs, what we want to do with 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 a DAO from a, from a from a governance perspective is try to modernize it uh, as as much as possible, and it, you know, like we we have some severe limitations and the legal structure is is able basically to provide us with a, a real representation in real life because that's that's uh, that's a big problem for for DAOs is you have an existence on chain but off chain you're nobody so that's the reason why like if someone wants to talk to you you need to have a legal structure to do that so that's the reason behind the legal structure now in terms of like how the legal structure operates it is basically uh, very aligned with our own structure within the DAO on chain. So next year we're migrating to DAO DAO, and all those. Uh, and then we, I think we're going to have a chance to talk about it uh, for talking about the future of a DAO. But yep. it will be organized as uh, subcommittees or sub DAOs, and those subcommittees are also present in the legal structure, so that we make sure that there is no gap between off chain. Uh, 
structure, the off-chain governance and the on-chain governance. I think this is absolutely key to avoid, uh, you know, uh, misunderstandings between the different team members. Yeah, and I think if executed well, also acts as a framework for other DAOs and like other uh, organizations similar to AA DAO that are operating on behalf of a blockchain or on behalf of a layer one. So, yeah, it, it, are, are you guys planning on publishing any of uh, like of the uh, the sort of like legal work and the legal structure that went into hundred like, percent this, this legal? Yeah, I mean, we, we we would love to. Our goal was to publish that with uh, our second proposal uh, to to renew us, to renew our mandate. Uh, but we want to make sure that we have all the, the paperwork ready. Uh, it's a lot of paperwork and we need to, once again, proofread that. But yeah, the goal is absolutely to share uh, pretty much everything. I mean, we, we have, uh, uh, we've, uh, it's on-chain governance. Uh, we've always been extremely transparent with the community. That's, I think, one of the things that makes uh, people love AA DAO is that we've been very forthcoming and transparent. We have nothing to hide. Our wallets are public, so yeah, we we intend to share that because it's also a public good of sharing those information for any uh, upcoming DAO. No, it's cool. I mean, that's a great example. I think for like other ecosystems that uh, that might want to do something similar, and it's like it's. I think it's super cool, right? I mean, it's cool that you have a legal structure that manages that that is in fact managed by a DAO that protects like that that uh, creates protections like limited liability for the DAO members. And that also allows you to like uh, attract other members of the DAO uh, as well and like hire people and like have them be sort of protected. And yeah. And then and, and so, and so there is the protection aspect, but there is also a very practical aspect, which is, and that's something that we're uh, working toward is let's say that you are a DAO employee and you're a full-time employee like myself, for example. Well, what happens if you want to take a mortgage well, you should be able to take a mortgage. Like, I mean, one friction for DAOs is, well, people say, well, you know what? I'd rather work for Binance or for Kraken, a centralized exchange, because I have an employment of letter. I have a letter of employment. I have, a, I, I can go to the bank. Yeah. I can take a loan. And those things were not able without, you can't do that with a legal structure. So that's uh, our like phase two of the legal structure. So phase one is just to provide the legal liability protection. And then phase two is really like to become uh, this legal structure become a, a service uh, for the DAO employees where they can ask for different kind of paperwork uh, to help them in their day-to-day. -day. We think this is absolutely critical to bridge the gap yeah. in uh, working off-chain and, and working on-chain. Cool. So how what, what is the mandate of AA DAO? And, you know, I think it's obvious that the hub, you know, has provided financing for the DAO. And we'll talk about you know, the proposal that you that is, that is by the time this released uh, will be up uh, on the on the forum. But are there other organizations that also are providing funding to the DAO now? Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. Just sort of giving a broad overview of like the mandate and the funding. Yeah, sure. So uh, the mandate, I would say the, at the highest abstraction level, was for AEDAO to become the very first 100% aligned Cosmos Hub organization. So what do I mean that by 100% aligned? Uh, well, we're, we're fully funded uh, by, by uh, the hub, and as such, we're owned by the hub. So uh, if the hub is not happy with our services, they can put a proposal up, uh, say we want to discontinue AEDAO and we'll just return the funds. That's, uh, and I think that's something that is severely underrated. For uh, uh, 
uh, a token that is worth a few billion dollars not having uh, one organization that is really aligned is is uh, was an almost an anomaly that we contributed to fix so now yes we are 100% aligned uh, what what do we do so we basically uh, are a grant program uh, so we only do grants that was at least for the first mandate because things are about to change uh, in the second mandate so we're uh, focusing on uh, ecosystem initiatives and uh, and public goods and one of the reasons why we exist, and again, that's looking back at the context, uh, is prior to us, the only way to ask for money when it comes to Atom was through the public governance. And we identified a major bottlenecks with this way of doing. Um, you know, I remember a few governance proposals asking for two, three, five thousand Atom to do very small initiatives. And it just didn't make sense. You, We needed an alternative source of funding that can channel some of the, the, some of the, the, the funding proposals. And we think that small, for example, small to medium initiative funding initiatives should be channel, channeled to a dedicated structure. And that dedicated structure is a doubt. Long-term, if you think about it, public governance is like a parliament. On, on chain public. So would you go to the, you know, the, the, the Canadian parliament and ask for a thousand dollars? Of course not. Like that, those are, that doesn't make sense. And so what we noticed was just that we're still very early and uh, we identified a gap, which is we don't have a grant program. Why don't we don't have a grant program? We should have one. Osmosis has one. And we, we, we did that and, and it is, uh, it is successful. Um, the other thing, the other reason for uh, EDA was, well, after all this drama around Atom, we keep coming back to Atom 2.0, but I'd just like to say 30 seconds about that is, I think the best way back then, after in the aftermath of Atom 2.0, to reunite the, the community, that fractured community, was around building something that is more objective, right? So I said, forget about the drama, forget about just let, let's let's focus on building and we'll we want to make sure we wanted to make sure that we were preventing an exodus from developers right after because it was a real danger after atom 2.0 no direction no no funding for for grants so we said okay why don't we do this grant program that's going to be consensual where we take some of the liquidity and we send it back to to the developers to make sure that they stay involved and i think it's about unlocking the, the 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 collective intelligence of the hub moving from just a, a passive staking token to a token where you can do some actual building and and build some bridges between the the community yeah absolutely i think like adam accelerator as a bridge builder uh is is it's one of like it's on most underrated functions you know beyond you know funding and everything is like acting and this was this was brought up like lots of times i think um you know with regards to the icf and how uh like in the last you know several years i've, I've had countless people reach out to me and ask hey can you put me in touch with the icf because like the icf has this brand right it, it is the most 
uh, well-known, I think, organization in the Interchain and Cosmos. And if you type Cosmos in Google, like you'll probably fall on the Interchain uh, Foundation website. Only the Interchain Foundation was not the right like interlocutor for uh, most of these requests because people want to have they 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 want an entry point to the ecosystem where. Uh, they can get introductions, they can get introductions to developers, to dev shops, to validators, to projects that they might want to work with. And I think it, like AADAO taking uh, a role as potentially like a connector for you know not only people within the ecosystem, but people coming from the outside that are looking for uh, an entry point into the ecosystem is like a highly valuable function that is very underrated. And I think like other ecosystems have, right? Like if you go to Avalanche or, you know, whatever, like you have Avalabs, if you go to Near, you can go to the Near Foundation and like the, they have BD people that are just like dedicated to doing that. And that's like, that's something that's missing. And I, I hope that AADAO takes a more stronger role in facilitating. Well, it is, it is. So one quick thing, I think you're spot on. And to be honest, that's always been my vision, especially like, let's say the second part of the mandate, it becomes, it became crystal clear that we would, want to become for the hub what Avalabs or you know, those or each foundation are for their respective system. Not we don't have the, uh, the the you know the ambition to do it for the entire cosmos, but at least for the hub, be that entry point, be that connector for the hub for inbounds and also for 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 outbounds to to be honest. Yeah, cool. Well. Um... Let's talk about uh, let's let's get into the grants, right? And so the work that AADAO has been doing for the last uh, well for for the last year uh, since uh, it was founded, uh, I think it was in like January. So it hasn't even been a year, right? It's, it has been much less than a year. It has we, yeah. we we received the funding on February 10. We opened right. application around March 15. We closed application on September 5th. So that we can process the existing backlog and get prepared for. So we really gave grant for for six months, and we've been around for about nine months. Wow! And like, I mean, people should check out this impact report that you guys have written because you know, for an organization that's nine months old and has a team of, I think, like ten ish people, um, you you've like produced a ton and done like a lot uh, in terms of deliverable. So. Um, yeah, maybe maybe talk about uh, you know what 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 is the work that you've done over the last year? What are like the main things that that AADAO has accomplished and sort of delivered for um, for for the Cosmos community and like specifically for the hub? Hundred percent. So I'll start by what what were our objectives in the first mandate, uh, those first nine months. So we we had two meta objectives. One was to fix or meaningfully contributing to fix the atom tokenomics. So for that, we uh, did the exact opposite of atom 2.0 and that was done on purpose, which is uh, be as consensual, as inclusive as possible, do research in the open, do a public uh, discourse and the public consultation. So we run an RFP, an RFP is a request for proposal where uh, you publish uh, high level specs, and then you uh, call for people to, to apply. So we got 13 application, uh, 3-1, so Blockworks, Research, um, Binary Builders, and uh, RMIT, uh, an Australian team of uh, blockchain uh, researchers. Uh, they've been doing great work so far. We just wanted to, be, to make sure that there's a bottom-up approach and not a top-down approach like we had with 
with Atom 2.0. We also wanted to make sure that the, the research is is open from day one, not like like as we as we as the researcher find things to talk about, they just publish it. They don't wait for the entire research to be ready to publish it. Uh, we've done multiple uh, Twitter spaces uh, at Cosmoverse. Uh, you said we're there in the AZ room hosted by by uh, Edao. We had yeah, it was, the AZ room was like amazing it was like always full of great people great conversations like really engaging yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and shout out to bendy who was there uh with rena for the entire time so yeah that's that's the first thing and i'm very happy with look i we cannot control the the outcome right like that's that's just the nature of things that's the nature of on-chain governance what we can control like we have an obligation of uh having the means, but we don't have an obligation of, on the results themselves because we don't control the results. So the means are there, we put them, and uh, you know I'm super excited because uh, as we speak, the very first module, research module, uh, which is by Binary Builders, it's called the Atom Alignment Treasury, uh, has been posted on the forum for discussion as a signaling proposal, meaning it's gonna, be, it's gonna go on chain uh, you know, very soon, potentially by the end of the year. Um, and we also, what we did uh, at EDAO is to commit on, okay, we'll do the research side, we fund the research. Anything that passes governance, we commit to funding it uh, so that we manage the full life cycle and we make it as practical as possible. It's just, it's not just, yes, we do the research and then you know go to public governance. No, we're committed to the entire process and that's what we intend to do. The second thing, the second objective of EDAO when we started was, basically to just give trust again and give confidence again to the builders. And so sometimes we're uh, accused of not having, uh, you know, a very uh, focused strategy on what do we want to fund and what do we, do we don't want to fund. And I would tell you that was done on purpose. It was not an accident. Why? Because we just wanted to assess the, 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 the general appetite of the of the the builders in the hub before taking you know a, a direction in year two so in year two we'll be much more intentional in how we allocate research but in year one it was just about putting food on the table of developers because if you don't put that food they're just going to leave to other ecosystems to other ones that are much more welcoming and have much more liquidity so those were the two things uh, assess the general appetite serve the general appetite and fix the atom uh, tokenomics. Now, uh, maybe I can take a few more minutes to talk about more in a more granular way about our our achievements. So I talked about yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I talked about the tokenomics. We also uh, pushed really hard on that narrative of uh, atom as money, and we pushed on atom as a gas token because I think that. You know, people say that gas token doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a very little. I think it's a very powerful narrative. That's the, the ETH narrative has started with ETH as gas token, basically. Uh, so we've been involved uh, with multiple grants with wallet providers. The first one of them being uh, Leap, uh, the second one being uh, Mystic Lab. So Mystic Lab is uh, the uh, building. Uh, a version of Cosmos Snaps, so we made sure with the with the Mystic Labs that they were that Atom was used as the default gas token. So whenever you have Atom in your 
in your wallet, it will just take it and pay for the gas for any transactions. Uh, with Leap, uh, we're doing uh, a few similar things where you have an easy view, where you can uh, use your your Atom, your rewards from other tokens, swap them into, into Atom. So wherever we could push for Atom with wallets, uh, we did. So that's, I think, a, a big area. On the Atom Economic Zone, which is the second vertical in which I think we had a pretty significant impact. Uh, so we, the hub deployed its very first protocol on liquidity that happened a few months ago uh, when Stride joined the AZ. So they requested 450,000 Atom to be put on, uh, on Astroport on the neutron side uh, as uh, double side liquidity on the ST Atom, uh, Atom pool. Uh, they needed a custodian uh, and they came to us. And of course we said yes. Uh, it was not part, it's not a grant, right? Like it has nothing to do with a grant program, but we still did it because we felt there was, uh, there was a strong need for that. So we're still custodying this, uh, this money today. So that's one thing that we did for, for, for AZ. The second thing that we did for AZ, uh, which I think people are starting to, to be aware now is, uh, when Neutron joined, joined AZ, uh, the original proposal, uh, said that the unclaimed airdrop, any unclaimed airdrop would go back to the Neutron DAO instead of the Atom Community Pool. We reached out to Neutron stakeholders. We talked with them and we say, hey, why don't you send that unclaimed airdrop to the Atom Community Pool instead? That was 42 million tokens that are today worth close to $22 million. So that's, we didn't take anything on that. We did it for free because just because we're aligned with Atom. Uh, that's not something that the ICF would have done. No one could have done that except us because we were representing the, the, the Atom community. Uh, so that's the Atom Economic Zone. We uh, On the Atom Economic Zone, we also uh, launched uh, uh, what we call an AEZ accelerator with Neutron and, and Longhash, which is a, a leading uh, VC in, uh, in Asia. Uh, so I think, you know, like we, we'll talk, we'll have plenty of time to talk about AEZ. But AZ cannot be just words. It needs to be actions, right? It needs to take shape, to be concrete. Uh, and so this accelerator is a first step in the right direction. How do you, how do you showcase AZ? You have to, it has to be collaboration. That, that's the only way to build AZ is to, to have those entities coordinate together for uh, a desired outcome. So we did that. Uh, on the event side and the media side, um, we did a lot. Uh, for example, Cosmoverse last year, it was tragic that the hub was the main sponsor, had zero representation at Cosmoverse 2022 in Medellin. No, nothing, not even a Twitter space. Uh, and this year we said, wait, you know what? AEDAO is going to be the main sponsor, but we'll do it the right way. We will do the proper organization and we will have a real representation for the hub, which was around the AEZ. Uh, uh, room, uh, I did a keynote representing the hub, uh, and, and EDAO and multiple, uh, we were the sponsor of the opening, uh, ceremony where we, we give a small speech, uh, and all of that has a lot of value, um, on events and media side. Once again, uh, we, uh, did the very first, uh, hackathon, the very first hackathon in the history of the cosmos hub. It never had its own hackathon and we did it around the AEZ. 
to surf from that narrative and push that narrative. Uh, so uh, I think the winners are about to be, to be announced or were just announced a few days ago. Um, we showcased uh, Neutron and Stride. Um, so media side, again, uh, Blockworks, we, we sponsored uh, Blockworks. I think it's very important for the hub to align with strong media brands. Uh, and because it, the hub had no representation, it was not able to do that. But once we started, it was very easy for you know media to come reach out to us or for us to reach out to them to outbound and say, hey, the hub would like to respond. So we came up with that uh, base, basic framework for media and events where we say, it's not about AEDAO, it's about the hub. So if you look at how we did it for Cosmoverse, we said the main sponsor is the Cosmos hub via AEDAO, right? So it's like everyone is at its own place. It's not about us, it's about the, it's about the hub. Uh, so that's on the media side. On shared security, uh, shared security is something that is absolutely critical for the, the, the long-term success of the hub. Like the whole narrative of AEZ started as shared security as, a, as, as an anchor point, as a shelling point. And so we invested in two uh, critical initiatives. So the first one is mesh, mesh security. Like if we agree that security is one of the main modes of the Cosmos hub, then we can't afford to miss on something very promising. Uh, such as mesh security. So in, we invested uh, with a few teams, Akash, Acceler, uh, research are ongoing. I think the implementation phase is going to be somewhere in Q1, Q2 of 2024. And uh, so that's a given. Uh, we also helped uh, decentralize the, 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 the set of contributors for ICS itself, replicate security. So we gave a grant to crypto crew validators to develop uh, a framework called the ICS Kickstack service, where they it is a one-stop shop for testnets around replicated security. So that helped a lot uh, in formal system and also ICF. We made sure that there was proper collaboration between the three parties and that helped offload basically informal system because now there is a new contributor in town helping specifically with testnets. So that's on shared security. Uh, we also uh, started making revenues on behalf of the hub to generate revenues. So that Mystic Lab grant on Cosmos Snap, uh, we announced a few months ago that 33% a third of the IBC swap fees would go straight to the Atom Community Pool, not to us, not to our multisig, to the Atom Community Pool. And that's something that we want to explore uh, much more in the coming future. And we made a few other deals uh, in the past few weeks. If you look at batch six and batch seven, where uh, uh, some tokens, some equity uh, from the project that we granted, uh, like AstroVault, for example, uh, will be sent to, to the community pool. So that's an area that we absolutely want to explore uh, next year. So yeah, I took uh, some time, but uh, those are uh, a few things where we helped. No, I mean the the it, the, uh, the amount of work that you that has gone into this grant uh, into this grant funding, I think, um, is pretty tremendous. Given you know again like the just how young the organization is and how, how many people are on the team, um, you know, I want to I want to talk a little bit about you know the um, the the research side of things because that's I think the the work that has potentially like the most impact, like the most tangible impact 
um, on the future of the hub and like atom utility. So, and, and specifically, you know, there's, there's, there's like two areas I think is, uh, one is, you know, atom utility and the other, um, would be, uh, like the, this treasury alignment work that binary builders has been, has been doing. Um, can you summarize these, uh, these research, uh, areas and, you know, what are the, what are the outcomes of this work so far? Yeah, sure. So I would say it's in a good place. And the main reason why I'm saying that is we, it seems that the three teams were able to align on a simple yet powerful concept. And it's not easy to find consensus in blockchain. And that consensus we want to push for uh, is atom is money. Uh, and I know that people, a lot of people, you know, would say, no, it's not money, etc. But that is the narrative that we're trying to pursue. And I think that there is, uh, there is some, you know, some real uh, le le legitimacy. So it's Atom as money, but also Atom as, uh, as uh, interchange security provider. And so it starts with the security and then it expands to, to, to the money. So the research, uh, the three teams on uh, binary. So binary is working on three different modules. So the first one is called the Atom Alignment Treasury. And what basically it allows you to do is uh, for the for the the community pool, the Atom community pool, to deploy liquidity within the AEZ in a trustless way, and that is, I think, game changing, because that 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 solves the trust issue. So I'll, I'll just give you an example: the the Prop uh, eight hundred, where AEDAO uh, is helping as a custodian of that. 450,000 atom, which is a lot of money. We are custodying this, custodying this money. Uh, with uh, binary builders work on the atom element treasury, AEDA won't need anymore to do those kind of intervention. It would just go straight from the community pool, the wider set voting yes or no, and the money just happening all in the, in, in, in the background. Uh, one other thing that, um, this atom element treasury is going to allow, which is absolutely beautiful, is to use the tokens of consumer chains, like the Neutron airdrop right now of 42 million, to basically have the hub vote on Neutron proposals in on their DAG. And that's, that, that's absolutely mind-boggling because it allows for cross-chain governance. That's like people don't realize that yet. And so if you end up in a situation where let's say we have five, six, eight consumer chains and each time the hub owns some equity within those projects, then that means that the hub every time can vote. So uh, that money, like you, that money would be sitting not on the community pool. It would be sitting on what we call the atom alignment treasury and uh, the, the voters would vote. So let's say that, uh, the, the voters, the Atom voters do 70 yes, 70% yes, 30% no on a Neutron proposal. That that weighting would be respected within the Neutron governance and some, same with the, with other tokens. Uh, That's super cool. Yeah. The, so the other thing that Binary is working on, it's called the, the Bear Market Strategic Reserve. Uh, that research is not uh, on the forum yet. It's going to be posted fairly soon, I guess, maybe going early 2024, which is basically some... Uh, some basic trading capabilities for the hub. 
meaning that when atom price goes very a lot up in a, in a bull market you sell some atom right and then when atom uh, goes down a lot you buy back some atom with that money that you you made so you always have uh, some stable coin reserves and i think that a dao i mean if we want to be serious about managing a dao uh, you, we have to do treasury management right? so it's just basic treasury management so that when there is a bear market you don't you don't get completely decimated and that everyone leaves you have a solid reserve of stable coin to keep building and i think that's that is about the long-term sustainability of a DAO. Uh, the third one is called the DRIP, which is a developer uh, incentivization, uh, developer revenue incentivization program, which is about aligning the core, the core contributors of the hub on the growth of Atom and give them give them a proper a proper pay, basically to make sure that they're aligned to vesting, etc. Give them a constant token allocation Atom so that they keep working long term uh so that's uh that's binary uh blockworks is working more on the fiscal side and on the monetary side uh blockworks basically is saying that we are overpaying for security they've done some benchmark research around solana around it etc and they found out that the hub overpays security by a lot and i mean we we, we all know that and so he's uh, he, they're basically suggesting to move from a, a dynamic inflation model to a more static, more predictable uh, inflation model. And I think that's critical because if you want to attract uh, investors, uh, you need some sort of uh, predictability on, on, on the inflation side. And that's, that's, that's uh, non-negotiable. And, you know, uh, I hope... Uh, it's going to happen. His effort uh, uh, capital is also working, and Blockworks are also working on what we call a liquid staking tax. Uh, you know, liquid staking is inevitable. Uh, like you would say, you know, alcohol and cigarettes. Like they, they, you just can't stop. It, you just can't stop it. But what if we could make revenues using liquid staking, and then use those revenues? Uh, to be sent to the community pool and do some more POL. Like if you have that liquid staking tax, there are two things you can do with it. You can burn it and kickstart a new narrative around Atom as hard money, because you would be able, if you burn it, you'll be able to also reduce inflation, or you can use it uh, to send it to the community pool and reinvest in the EEZ tokens by taking more alignment uh, in, in, in the EEZ tokens and be, be, become a bank for the entire uh, easy funding, a strong funding organization. So those are uh, the ideas of uh, of Blockworks and, bin uh, and, our mate and um, Binary. And then the last team, uh, which is RMIT, is working exclusively on governance, uh, the governance side. So two kind of governance, the governance within the AZ, the governance within the replicated security environment, and then governance within the hub itself. So on, they just published a paper, a super interesting paper, 25 pages yesterday, actually. Uh, I retweeted it on my account. You can also look at uh, the Cosmos Hub Forum. It's also retweeted on our Twitter account. Uh, so what does it say? It says that um, for ICS to be successful, uh, we need to account for all those use cases within replicated security. So we we need to make sure that we have periodic reviews of ICS contracts because those those needs evolve, right? So when we first did the 
when we first joined uh, and boarded uh, Nuchwan, um, there was a set of circumstances and those circumstances might evolve over time right uh like the, the one token might go up by a lot the other one and then how do you do to align you have to revise right and so what they're suggesting is to have a dedicated governance body that do those periodic reviews directly on the hub but also on the neutron side or potentially have a DAO which is composed of representative from the hub and representative for, from Neutron, Stride, etc., that negotiate on behalf of their respective uh, uh, layer ones. Uh, that's one. And then on, on the other one, on the other side, which, which is the, uh, the, 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 the governance side of the hub in general, uh, is, uh, well, they want to do a benchmark on AEDAO itself and say, hey, how, how can we uh, use AEDAO framework to create uh, more DAOs? How do you, what are those oversight mechanisms? Do you need an oversight uh, sub-DAO, for example? Because uh, if we end up with three, four sub-DAOs like AADAO, you're going to need some basic oversight. Like right now, we are doing oversight ourselves. We have our own oversight committee. Uh, and we're trying to be as transparent as possible. But in an ideal world, you would want that oversight to be performed directly uh, via the hub itself. Uh, so yeah, those are the, the three uh, areas around uh, uh, fixing uh, atom tokenomics and governance. And in terms of timeline, I think that, like we discussed, we're doing the opposite of atom 2.0. It's much more, uh, it's less risky. There is less governance risk because we we're doing piece by piece. But the downside is it's going to take more time, right? So we think that it's going to take potentially three to six months to pass all those modules. There are seven different modules, two modules around governance, five modules around fiscal policy, monetary policy, inflation, etc. And if we can do that within six months, that would be amazing. It doesn't mean that everything is going to pass. It's pending governance. But if we can pass a few, the most important one, um, it's going to be a, a net positive for the Cosmos Hub. That, 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 that's amazing. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that there's so much research work here. I mean, like, thanks for giving that summary. I'll, I'll have to do, I mean, I've been meaning to get, you know, David from Blockworks Research on and, and Gnome from Binary. And now that this RMIT uh, research has come out, I think it would be useful to do a, a, a podcast with each, each of these organizations and like drill down into the research. Um, I, I'd like to talk about because it's, 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 it's sort of, you know, very topical right now, the, the Prop 848, right? So Blockworks uh, published this uh, this research, essentially, and you know, David also talked about this uh, at Cosmoverse, essentially saying that like the hub was paying way too much for security compared to other ecosystems. And as a result, there was a proposal that went up uh, on the hub, I mean, first on the forum, then on the hub, uh, uh, suggesting to adjust the parameter, to adjust the uh, the atom inflation, and so therefore the rewards that validators uh, uh, would would get for uh, for 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 validating um, the the on, on the hub. So like currently, as we're recording this, the that proposal um, ends the voting period ends in about a day. Uh, so probably as this will release, and it's currently like pretty fifty fifty. Like all, not all votes are in, but. Um, there's a chance that it might pass and there's a chance that it might not pass. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, I don't want to ask you about your opinion about this. Uh, I know you like to stay, um, pretty neutral when it comes to these things, but in the event that it doesn't pass, uh, what, because I mean, if it passes, you, we know what the outcome is, right? The outcome is that that parameter would change and validators would, would, um, 
would get less rewards uh, for for validating the chain. However, the hub would be, I think, in the long term, uh, better financial situation. If if it doesn't pass, then what's what's the next step? Like, what's the outcome? Like, does this research does this research just get tabled? Uh, are there other uh, discussions or like other ways forward here to uh, improve the 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 economics for the hub? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing I would like to say on this is, and that's just my personal opinion, and I already voiced it to, to a few people, is I would have liked for this proposal to not see the light, to be honest, because, I mean, if this is blockchain, this is open source. Everyone is, of course, welcome to contribute in any capacity he or she wants. That's, that, that's a given. That's blockchain. Now, what I think is damageable is that we, uh, Edao, you know, spearheaded the process. We invested resources, we communicated a lot, etc. And so I would have liked for the 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 the, 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 the tokenomic side to to stay within the realm of uh of blockworks uh, uh binary and RMIT uh, just to avoid confusion uh because we they did a lot of prep work in terms of comps right they've been doing that for weeks uh, and then this inflation proposal comes in, which is not coming from Blockworks. To be, to be, to, to, we, we have to be clear about that. Uh, and so, like, it just adds confusion. And you know, I thought it was a bad idea uh, because it, it brought some confusion. Uh, and it seems it's it's not it's likely not going to pass. Now, I don't think it's a big problem, uh, honestly, uh, because. What what Blockworks is suggesting, and if it passes, will end up in a much lower inflation. It's just a different uh, a different uh, framework. So that's also one of the reasons why Blockworks was not opposed to the to the to the to the inflation change, because it didn't uh, uh, it didn't prevent them for keeping the work right uh so that that's not going to change like if they can't do it like if the if the proposal is refused uh they will still be able to continue the work which is to come up with a framework around predictable inflation uh with a static inflation uh coming to a certain level i think the goal is to bring inflation to three percent but that would be done in a more progressive uh approach so it's not a big deal uh i mean it's for me to be honest. It's mostly in terms of optics. It's because we, you know, we we communicate on that. We said, okay, tokenomics are change are coming, and then we start the process with potentially a rejection. So it's not ideal as a start, but it's not going to prevent uh, those three teams from from completing their their work. So that would be my 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 take on. I don't know if it answers your 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 questions, but that is my my take. You do, do you think that the that the hub over I mean do you, do you agree with this um, with with this idea that the hub is overpaying for security or is that that cost uh, providing the hub with you know potentially like more users staking their atom uh, so better security in uh, on the whole as well, yeah uh, as there are more staked atom uh, yeah. yeah I think we're absolutely overpaying for security and you know I I don't want to say is it a major showstopper? I don't know, uh, but I think it's not good to have twenty percent inflation. Like it's just like it's just common sense. If you look at other L ones, 
the level of initiation is at least half smaller. Uh, and their security, they're doing fine with the security, right? So, so it's this, this argument that uh, uh, the, the the bonded ratio, it's it's uh, an artificial number. Who said that we need uh, two thirds of stake token to make sure the hub is secure? That that's just a random number that was assigned a few years ago, and things have changed since. Like we have liquid staking, and this high inflation is also preventing DeFi from taking off and that's a problem you you need DeFi. i mean like if you look at cosmos before the terra collapse was the second strongest in terms of tvl after ethereum uh and so and and atom has a role to play in DeFi. so the fact that people are not doing anything with their atom they're just leaving it staked uh is not compatible with the narrative of atom as money if you want the the the, the narrative of atom as money then you need Atom to be in DeFi. And if you want to be Atom to be in DeFi, well, you want to, you, you need to, to lower the, the yield. There is no, there is no middle ground here. Uh, so yeah, we're absolutely overpaying for security and we're going to have, we're going to have to find a way. I don't know if it's a make or break deal. The fact that the inflation is staying high, uh, it certainly doesn't help, but I think that we can find our way around, even with the high inflation, it's just not ideal and it's somehow it could hurt the narrative of atom as money mm, yeah so let's let's uh talk about this this funding proposal that by the time this comes out it will will be up on the cosmos hub forum so people go can go uh look at that um yeah what's in the proposal and uh how how do you plan to um uh to utilize this funding in 2024 yeah so the the the, the our funding proposal, it is uh, taking into consideration our learnings from the first year and our challenges. Uh, so one big change uh, that we're doing for next year, if we pass governance, obviously, is to move from a, a part-time model contributor to a full-time model contributor. So right now, only 20-25% of our workforce is full-time. And the rest is uh, part-time. And when I say part-time, it's not, it's not even 50% FTE. Sometimes it's like five to 10 hours per week, which is clearly not enough when you have the level of ambition that AADAO has. Uh, and so that's the first thing that we want to do. Uh, so we will migrate from 25% of people full-time to plus 70% full-time. Almost everyone is going to be full-time next year. That's the first change. Uh, the second change that we want to bring is... Uh, we want to be become a core organization of the hub. So we started as a, as a pilot uh, and we want to become a more permanent organization serving the highest interest of the hub. Uh, but at the same time, we don't want to be a constant burden on the Cosmos hub treasury and community pool. And so how, how do you address that? Well, the best way to address it is basically to start making revenues, to charge, start generating revenues. So if I give you the example of uh, the Neutron clawback, which is now worth $22 million, under the new model we're suggesting, we would take uh, a 20% take fee on that. Uh, and that would have made us, you know, <laughs> a few million dollars. And so we want to become self-sustainable financially. So we ask less from the Cosmos Hub. 
But the beauty of the thing is, yes, we ask less, but we remain 100% owned by the hub. Uh, and we want to keep being uh, fully funded uh, by the Cosmos Hub. So that's the second change uh, that we that we want to do. Um, the third change, the third change, which is also very important, is so uh, at the beginning of this interview we talked about um, RFPs and we talked about open grants and we talked about service servicing the general appetite of the atom community. Well, now we know what is the appetite of the community. It's it's <laughs> they have a big appetite. So what we want to do next year is to migrate uh, from a model of open grants to a model of RFPs and high value grants, just because the return on investment is much higher. So if I just give you the example of this RFP, the only RFP that we did with on tokenomics, if those proposal pass governance, the impact on the atom price is in the hundreds, if not billions of dollars. Like if you are able to fix inflation, uh, the decrease taking tax, all those things that are very impactful. And so we did only one because we're not equipped uh, for that. Our structure was mostly for open grants. Uh, and now we want to reshuffle a bit the organization so that we uh, upskill uh, our technical capa capacities. Uh, so we're going to hire a few more people, a technical product manager, one more full-time dev, because right now we only have a part-time dev, and, and start doing this RFP, those, do, those deep research where we say, okay, in collaboration with the community, we will do research. We will do a short list of what are those items that are projects that are absolutely critical for the Cosmos Hub. For example, develop uh, a stable coin that would be exclusively backed by Atom. There is some value for that. Like if you want to position Atom as money, then Atom needs its own stable coin, for example. That's not a, that's not a project that you can do with an open grant with $100,000. That's a project that is much more costly and you need the proper technical resources. You need the proper uh, um, research resources to make it happen. And so next year, uh, we'll split the grant budget uh, in two, in two halves. So one half is going to be for open grants, which is what we do right now. And the, open, the other half is going to be for those uh, strategic RFP or what I call also high priority grants. Um, and then... Um, the, uh, the, the last thing we're doing for next year, the last pillar of our strategy, uh, last but not least, is to launch uh, a growth sub-DAO under AADAO. And we have tremendous expectations for that. I think we, th there is a major consensus right now in Cosmos that uh, Cosmos uh, lacks visibility, uh, is not doing great at selling itself, at marketing itself, is not doing great at acquiring new users, new developers. And so we want to address that by launching a, a, specialized, a specialized sub DAO uh, to drive awareness and, and increase distribution uh, around Atom. So this new unit or sub DAO, the growth sub DAO, uh, it will pursue strategic outreach that drives valuable acquisition while also acting as a central hub for processing external inquiries and requests whether we're talking about other crypto protocols or Web2 uh, TradeFi market participants. Uh, there are a lot of low-hanging fruits and uh, we need to address them. And that goes back to your point at the beginning of the call, which was, uh, well, EDAO has become a, a trusted uh, partner uh, and people come to us uh, 
asking for BD uh, initiative, etc. And so we said, well, we give grants, but we don't do BD. So let's 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 do acquisition and BD to process those uh, inbound uh, uh, application in a in a timely manner and in an efficient manner. So that is the reason why we're building this, proposing to build this new sub DAO with a dedicated team of four to five people. Do you think that you know AA DAO should receive funding from other organizations like the ICF that you know have a lot of money and you know I ask you this because I I think that in order for the hub to like one of the conditions for the hub to be successful is for the hub to uh, fund like a ton of projects to build on it um, like high quality projects but it needs to go out and fund projects to build the the AAZ and I mean partly this is what what you guys are are doing. Um, but it, it, that requires a lot of money and like a lot of resources. And I wonder if, you know, the Cosmos Hub Treasury uh, and also, you know, the, the revenues that you're that you're, you want to generate are sufficient to build this massive business development machine that the Cosmos Hub needs if it wants to uh, to be able to um, compete with the likes of Polygon and Avalanche and Solana. And that's just, you know. Those are just the existing ecosystems now. Think about you know Celestia and Eigenlayer and all of these other you know, emerging uh, modular application stacks that will attract tons of users because they have you know there's money uh, to be deployed there and also they're sort of you know hot narratives. Uh, so uh, you know, d does 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 a DAO have enough funding to do that? And you know, should should the ICF start pitching in? In your opinion. Hmm. That's a very good question. So in terms of BD, I, I think there are two ways to do it and they're not, they're complementary. So you can do BD for the hub itself. You can do acquisition for the hub itself. And that's what we want to do with this new growth DAO, growth sub DAO. And then you can do BD for the entire ecosystem. So I think that the entire ecosystem, doing BD for the entire ecosystem, uh, take much more financial resources that the DAO just doesn't have. And even if the hub wanted to do uh, ecosystem-wide funding uh, for the, the entire cosmos, uh, uh, it probably wouldn't have uh, enough money. And so the fact that you're mentioning the ICF uh, here is is spot on. And I've seen uh, multiple parties on Twitter space, etc., cetera, uh, talk directly to, uh, to uh, the leadership of the ICF to say, hey, you guys need to to step up. Uh, and I'll just like share my own view on, 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 on the ICF. I think that the ICF has done an amazing job at maintaining and developing the Cosmos tech stack, but that now it needs to step up its game and uh, not stop the funding of the Cosmos tech stack, but direct a big part of the funding to the BD part because the tech stack now is mature uh for sure you can keep developing ibc you can keep refining the sdk but i think that the basis is there right and so now what's going to make the difference between cosmos and other ecosystem like the like arbitrum uh optimism monitorium etc is just how much money you put in there to drive acquisition and to drive uh, a larger user base. And the ICF is not doing that. And that's a big problem. Uh, and it, it is the richest org by far of the cosmos. And the fact that they're still not willing to uh, 
to dedicate funding to bringing more users is is a problem. Now, uh, on us for the growth DAO, because we're fully funded for now by the Cosmos Hub, we can't take that money from the community pool and start doing ecosystem-wide BD because that would be that would make sense because we are owned by Atom and so we need to do BD on Atom. We can't, uh, you know, blockchain, the Cosmos is 70 blockchains, so we can't like just put money for DYDX and others. Uh, but we're super open like to get some funding as a grant, for example, from, from, from the ICF. And we already had some early talks about that to do ecosystem-wide BD with more with more funding while remaining the property of the hub that that's not something that we want to change i think that's a constant yeah what, what made the success of a dao it's it's a very simple narrative it's everything we do we do it for atom no matter what happens a dao will always remain the property of of the hub and that's not going to change so if if icf comes to us and say you know what like we give you money but we want to owned a part of you that's not going to happen that's we we will remain with the hub but we're super happy to take funding and do ecosystem wide not bg not just with the atom money it has to, to come from external money that's my take yeah okay cool um so i mean i think we we should probably wrap up here because we're running a little long but um you know your your, your hot take was that you think that uh, Adam will will be a top five chain? I don't know if you uh, if you have a, a sort of timeline on this, but uh, regardless, what do you yeah. think needs to happen to get there? Because I just as I just mentioned, there's a lot of competition, and you know the hub I think still has a really strong brand. Adam has a, a really strong community of people who like are holding Adam and believe in the token, believe in the vision of the hub. But you know that can all go away really fast. And if you look, you know, you just have to look at ecosystems like, like Polkadot, for instance, which up until two or three years ago, uh, you know, had like top mindshare, lots of developers, uh, you know, building in that ecosystem. Um, and I think that that has kind of fizzled, fizzled away now. And you know, the the, the vision for Polkadot and and also the launch of the chain sort of happened around the same time as the hub. So. You know what? What do we need to do in order to ensure that the hub doesn't uh, sort of fall into irrelevance and becomes a zombie chain, or you know, just like another failed idea that was surpassed by you know, new, more interesting, you know, more well capitalized, better coordinated, better organized ideas? Hmm. So the first thing. I would say is the hub. Can, I don't think the hub can die or fade into relevant into relevance. And there is also like there is almost like a, a mystical aspect to it, which is that you cannot compress. Which is Atom is the 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 an OG token, just like BTC and like ETH, and just like BTC and ETH are still there. Yes, I mean BTC is not doing any, any, any innovation, right? It's it's a very it's a it's a rock. It's there. Yeah, it's meme coin. I mean, like, I think, I think, Adam will will always remain its meme coinness uh, or retain it. But you know, we want more than just meme coin. We want people building there. We want like this. Of the course. easy idea is to build yeah. an economy there. And so, by if you're saying economy, you're saying something that's thriving, that's evolving, that's like you know is generating value, that's like actually yeah. doing. So, uh, look, there are multiple uh, 
ideas, there are multiple people, brilliant people, super smart people, like having their own uh, vision. When I met with Sonny from Osmosis in Cosmoverse and I, I had a talk with him, uh, I was impressed with his vision. And he's going from basically core principles, first principles, first, like what are those primitives? He's saying that the hub has two superpowers. One is his, its vast decentralization, the, like the largest, the, the most decentralized, decentralized value reset for an L1. I think it's, if not the most, maybe the second most, that's the superpower. And then the second superpower is on-chain governance. So if we can find a way to use those two primitives in service of bringing value to Atom, then we have a top five or even a top three token. I'm convinced how to do that around those two primitives. I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I think that if we go from those first principles, we have a path to a top three token. Atom as money has to be, uh, has absolutely to be explored. I keep saying but that's, that's my own opinion that Atom as gas should be pursued within AZ, but not just AZ, within the, the entire uh, interchain. It is a very powerful narrative. We need to give utility to Atom. That means that we need velocity. That's why we need to lower the inflation so that Atom can be there in DeFi, playing uh, you know, very strongly with all those competitors that we have. We like Atom is, is a preferred collateral. People just want Atom, right? So if people want it, you need to put it everywhere. You need to put it in DeFi. You need to put it on uh, DAO's treasuries. Uh, you need to put it like as a, a, on, on lending protocols. You need to incentivize that. So like right now, and that's why uh, protocol on liquidity and the, the 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 atom alignment treasury is so critical. I think for the hub is because it is a superpower to have uh, a monetary policy and a fiscal policy as an on-chain governance body where you direct that liquidity, that money from the treasury directly to incentivize. Right now, the hub is not incentivizing those pools. What happens the day we incentivize it? You put Atom in the hands of everywhere. So Atom as money, I think, is the best shot uh, for Atom in the medium to long term. And I would like to keep exploring uh, what is a decentralized governance token look like, the Sony's vision. So those are the two things uh, I would love to keep exploring in, in the future. Yeah, well, uh, maybe some alpha here. Sonny's coming on the podcast in like a week or two to talk about this very this very idea. So it should be interesting. And uh, yeah, I'd love to get some of the other folks doing the research, you know, on the show as well to dive a little deeper here. And um, and yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I've been holding Adam since the token sale, and I still believe in in the vision. Uh, I hope uh, I hope I'm not proven wrong here uh, by by holding these assets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I still believe in the vision for the hub. I still think the hub uh, being highly decentralized, uh, having really strong governance, um, uh, having a really strong community as well. I think like that's one of the biggest things going for the hub is just like the community, uh, the cosmonauts, right? Like this idea that um, that this cosmonaut idea. And so um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still rooting for the hub as you are. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that we can, we can make all these really good ideas uh, come to life. Yeah, hundred percent. Great. Uh, Youssef, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great uh, chatting with you and uh, I, uh, I wish you the best in your Thank you very much, in, in the proposal as it goes on chain. Yeah. Thank you so much. Take care.